0: Excited that I get to introduce my dad, the man who taught me to study the scriptures, the man who first started teaching me how to preach. Um, grew up in his home as him being my father, my pastor, and then as I went into the ministry, my first boss. Um, and But I can testify that he's a man who lives what he preaches because many a time on Sunday morning, um, did my mother and I sit there and just went through the sermon because we knew a big week was coming after the sermon he had preached that we were all going to be tested in. Um, for me, God usually tests me with the sermon, and then I get to preach it with my dad. He preaches it, and then the test follows. And, um, but he was one that always followed those tests, followed the word of God, and I appreciate him in raising me and my brother and my sister uh, to serve the Lord. So uh, let's welcome my dad, uh, Pastor Winfred Baker. Amen. What
1: a privilege it is to be here tonight. Turn your Bibles to the book of uh, Joshua, chapter 24. I could tell you things about Brother Aaron Baker. Uh, and uh, it was a joy, I tell you, to raise him and Jason and and Krista and uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> Aaron would think it up. Jason would do it, and Krista would would get in trouble for it. And <laughs> Aaron was an instigator a lot of times. So uh, anyway, you need to go up to Point Lay, Alaska, and talk to his brother about that. And uh, <clears throat> Amen. Joshua chapter twenty four. Start reading verse 14. Thank you for standing in honor of the Word of God. Joshua chapter 24 verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now skip down to verse 19. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord. Uh-oh. What's that about? For he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word to our hearts. Give us all ears to hear and hearts to believe and wills to obey your word tonight. Thank you for your word that is preserved for us so that we can know the truth. We don't have to uh, wonder. We don't have to doubt. We can know what truth is. Thank you for your word. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Empty us of this old world and our sin. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You know Joshua led the children of Israel from the plains of Moab across the Jordan River and led them in those campaigns somewhere around 30 cities they conquered in the land of Canaan and when it was all said and done they divided the inheritance among the tribes of Israel and And uh, Joshua is now having a, a kind of a camp meeting here and uh, and trying to, uh, challenge the people uh, about their serving the Lord, and uh, you know, in the, back in chapter 24, verse 1, he says, "And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called the elders of Israel, and for, uh, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God." And Joshua said unto the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. Isn't that interesting? That Abraham and his family started out idol worshipers, but God called him out of that, you see. He not only called him out of the land of the Ur of the Chaldees, but he called him out of the idolatry of that land. By the way, it's interesting that uh, Abraham was the first Jew, by the way. And the first Jew was a Gentile. Amen. Until God called him out. And so that's where it all started. And God called him to leave that place. Now Joshua has gathered with these people and he's challenging them to serve the Lord. Now that's that's a great goal. You know, we have young men here tonight that I challenge you to serve the Lord. I mean, use your life and your energy. Use your uh, intellect. Use your bodies to serve the Lord. Don't serve something else and destroy your bodies and then when it's all all uh, uh, you know, about worn out Then you get, give the rest to the Lord Don't do that just, just give him your best Give him your life right now And just serve the Lord all your days uh, I think that's the ch- one of the challenges we need In our day to serve the Lord With all our heart But Joshua throws a wet blanket on there You know they're making all this commitment to the Lord In verse 16 And the people answered and said God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. So, because He's the one that brought us out with great signs and wonders, these miracles that He did in the land of Egypt, you know, and in the wilderness, so it's 40 years. So, God did that. The true and living God did that. So, it's, it's not right for us to serve other gods. Then Joshua says, You cannot serve the Lord. Oh, wow. You cannot serve the Lord. Now what's he talking about? You see, there are some things that had to be in place in my and your life if we're going to be able to truly serve the Lord. And he sets those forth in verses 14 and 15. What are those things? Number one, young men, especially listen to me tonight. You know, by the way, the book of Proverbs Is a manual for young men It was especially designed for young men To prepare for life, for marriage, for work, for uh, ministry And so uh, I challenge you to young men tonight Especially in your walk with the Lord Uh, And so he told him. In, in verses 14 and 15, why they couldn't serve the Lord. There's some things that have to be in place. Number one, you must fear God. If there's an absence of the fear of God, he said, you can't serve God. He said, serve the Lord. Uh, serve the, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him. We must fear God. What does it mean to fear God? To fear God is to recognize who He is. He's the jealous God. He is the holy God. He's the consuming fire. You know, He is the God that whose eyes run to and fro through all the earth. You know, beholding the evil and the good. He's in every place. He is almighty God. In in Exodus chapter 15, it tells us he's a man of war, so we had to do business with him. That's the God we serve. He said, fear him. Now, in Joshua chapter 2, you remember that Joshua sent two spies into the city of Jericho, and they wound up at this harlot's house, Rahab the harlot. And she told them she wanted to, wanted protection. She knew what was going to happen to her city. And he, she said to them in chapter 2 that when we heard what happened to Egypt and what we ha- what happened at the Red Sea, our hearts melted in us. She feared God. She said, I know that your God is God, you see. Fear the Lord. You see, to fear the Lord is to recognize who he is. That's why Isaiah in Isaiah chapter six, in the year that King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and what was his response? He said, Whoa is me. I'm undone. You see, what did oh brother? Peter do when he realized who Jesus was in Luke chapter 5 he fell down at his feet and he said depart from me because I'm a sinner I'm a sinful man he realized who Jesus was you see to fear God is to recognize who he is you know in the book of, of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 we usually remember, memorize verse 12 you know and, uh, and about the word of God. But what about verse 13? Verse 13 says that we're all naked and open. Our lives are, are there's no way we can hide from God. He shines the light of his truth on everything that's going on in my in your life. We must fear the Lord. Now some people think that the fear of the Lord is an is a Old Testament doctrine. But not so. Look at what the scripture says. Acts chapter 11. I mean, excuse me, Acts chapter 9. It's talking about the ministry of Peter. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Then had the churches rest through all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in, Uh uh-oh, the fear of the Lord. (laughs) They walked in the fear of the Lord. They feared God, young men young ladies, all of us, we can't serve the Lord if we don't fear Him as the holy God, the jealous God, the righteous God, the living God, to recognize who He is, Jehovah God, the great I Am. There's none beside Him. As one preacher said, He had no uh, predecessor and He had no successor. You see, it's Jesus Christ and And him alone. Fear him. You remember when Peter, James, and John went up into the mountain? They, you know, Peter spouting off at the mouth like he was all the time doing. You know, let's make these tabernacles for one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. And the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son. Hear ye him. And when all the fog had settled and the smoke was gone, the Bible says it was Jesus only. That's all they saw. Jesus only. Fear Him. So we can't fear the Lord, uh, can't serve the Lord if we don't fear Him. Number two, notice what He says serve Him in sincerity. Now, in the New Testament, <coughs> uh, the Greek word for sincerity uh, means without wax. And uh, I'm not going to try to quote Greek, because I took Greek in college from uh, uh, North Korean. And so I speak Greek with North Korean accent. (laughs) And uh, anyway, uh, and by the way, my grandfather, when I was in college, I would leave a lot of times on uh, Monday morning early and drive up to college and and my grandfather uh, would call, the phone would ring. Usually, I'd be getting a bath, and mother would holler through the door and say, Your Grandpa wants you to come by and see him. He's got something to share with you. And I'd go by there, and he'd have his old Bible laid out, and he'd be sitting in front of the fire, warming, warming his hands, you know. The backside was freezing, but he'd warm his hands. And he'd have his old Bible, King James Bible, laid out there on the chair beside. Beside him and I'd pick up his Bible And I'd sit down there in the chair And he'd turn around and look at me And he'd say, son This is what I believe this is talking about here And he'd share a verse of scripture, a passage with me And he said, don't go up there around those Greeks and Hebrews And let them tell you any difference (laughs) Because I got in plain English right here And this is what the word of God says, you see He believed that uh, sincerity means without wax. In the Greek, the Greek word uh, means without wax. It's a it's a beekeeper's term, and uh, it meant you know the wax that, that was in the honeycomb. They'd strain the honey and get pure honey, and it'd be without wax. It'd be sincere. It's talking about purity. He's talking about holiness. If we don't have personal holiness, we can't serve the Lord. We don't pay attention to our own personal walk with God, our own own holiness. The Bible speaks of that, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We're supposed to deal with our own young men. You have to deal with your own personal holiness. Not only fear God, but how that Holiness, you see, that's kind of foreign to modern-day Christianity. That's a foreign doctrine, to be holy, for I am holy. Holy. A third term, third thing that needs to be in place. It says, not only serve him in sincerity, but in truth. Did you know there is absolute truth available to man? We live in a day when everything seems to be relative. But we have absolute truth. Jesus, when he was praying to the Father in John chapter 17, while they were on their way from the upper room to Gethsemane, and he was praying through the streets of Jerusalem, and he said, Father, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word. We have the book. We have the word of God. One of my favorite verses of the Bible is Deuteronomy (laughs) 29.29. This is one of those places you ought to highlight in your Bible. But Deuteronomy 29.29 says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of the law." The secret things, yeah. You know, there's, by the way, there's plenty of things about God that we don't know about yet. <laughs> In fact, if books were written about everything about God, the worlds couldn't contain them. That's what John says. You know, so we wouldn't be able to have enough libraries to hold. The books that tell us about God, but He has revealed some things to us. It's in this book called the Bible, and they belong to me, and they belong to you if you're a believer. Don't let anybody, young men, don't let anybody take away from you the Word of God. I believe it was either the second or third book that uh, Vance Havner wrote. (coughs) That he was talking about his experience going off to Moody Bible Institute and somewhere else. He went to two Bible colleges and and he flunked out of both of them. Never did go back to Bible college. Never graduated or anything. uh, But he said he came home discouraged. He came back to the mountains of of the Carolinas all discouraged because they had taken away from him all the Old Testament. Said that doesn't belong to him as a Christian. Then they took away from him the Gospels. He said all I had left was just a few verses in the Epistles. So I was discouraged. And then he read in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It belongs to us. Don't let anybody take from you the word of God. It may not in its interpretation exactly be relative to you, but in application, every verse of this Bible is ours. It belongs to us. <clears throat> so if we abandon the word of God, we'll never be able to serve God. I remember a few years ago driving down the road and I was listening to a Christian radio station. An advertisement came come on. This, some preacher somewhere in another was building this new big auditorium, big church building and they were getting ready. He was excited about what was going to happen. And he said, one thing that we will not have in that building is a Bible. That's sad. If you don't have the word of God, you can't serve God. If you don't believe the Word of God, you can't serve God. I'm telling you, you cannot. Serve the Lord, heaven and earth will pass away But my word, Jesus said, will not pass away Not one jot or one tittle would pass from the law He said, till all be fulfilled Amos says that there's coming a time and I have an idea, we've arrived at it Whether it come a famine, not of Want of food and all that But a famine of hearing the words Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, that eventually they'd be turned to fables, just telling stories. We need to return to the book. To the word of God. For the word of God is what's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We need to return to the book. If you don't believe the Bible, you cannot serve the Lord. Then there's a fourth thing. There's five things here, but there's a fourth thing that he talked about here. <clears throat> he said, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve you the Lord. He doesn't stop there. He says in verse 15, and he talks about the gods of the Amorites in whose land they dwell. You see, if we do not forsake The gods of the past and present will not be able to serve the Lord. God will not share his glory with anybody. He wants total preeminence. You know, Colossians chapter 1 and all things, that he would have the preeminence. (laughs) He's God and there's none beside him. So he's not going to share his glory with some piece of stone or some piece of carved wood or some piece of molten metal because he's the living God. He said, you are got to put away the gods that Abraham and him served (laughs) the past. The gods that your fathers, some of them served in Egypt. The golden calf, for example. Are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, you're going to have to put those gods away and only have one God. You're going have to have this single heart of allegiance to the holy God and Him alone. And if you don't do that, you can't serve the Lord. <clears throat> he will not accept any idolatry. Here's the problem. We can identify... The gods of the past. But we have problems identifying the gods of the present sometimes. The gods of the present are things like sensuality, pornography, gambling. Now they call it gaming, you know, try to make it sound better. That's how they got it. That's how they got gambling in Louisiana. (laughs) The Constitution of Louisiana still says gambling is illegal. But in their law, they wrote it up gaming. <laughs> <laughs> that was old Edward Edwards. He was so crooked they had to screw him in the ground when he died. <laughs> see, we lived in Louisiana. I can talk about Louisiana. We lived there 30 years or more. But see, the thing about it is... <coughs> We have all these gods of sensuality and sodomy and transgender. By the way, God didn't make the two genders. Jesus defined marriage between a man and a woman and that there's only two genders. In, uh, in the book of Matthew chapter what is that, 19. In the beginning, it was, was not so, but he made them male and female, <laughs> you see. And uh, there's all kind of gods today that people say. Oh, uh-oh, sports gods, movie stars, rock stars, country music stars, not careful will serve some God other than the true and living God. You see, he said, you got to put those things away, young men. It's all right to watch a ball game, but don't make it your God. You know, a man told me recently, he said, I, you know, he said, I used to watch the saints. And by the way, I read Revelation and the saints do win in the end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, This fellow said, "I used to watch the Saints, and I get all upset. Oh man, I just oh, I'm throw a fit. And I realized these overpaid juvenile delinquents, (laughs) and I'm getting all upset over them. (laughs) You know, got to be careful about our gods, you see, today. But that's not the last one. There's one more." In verse 15, it says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. You can't serve the Lord, young men, if you're indecisive. If you're in this place of indecision, you just can't decide what you're going to do with your life. You've got to decide at some point. By the way, how do you determine the will of God Are your life well you go to the word of God and look for some rhymes from the word of God the word will give us some direction thy word is a lamp unto my feet and light unto my path that's why the bible says that's one way we can pray and God will give us direction we can go get counsel from our pastor and by the way young men so I preach to young men I try to challenge young men stay with you pastor there's all time kind of charlatans will come along rise up in churches try to lead a little revolt against the pastor <laughs> you know why this pastor is over here because God put him here Psalm 75 says promotion doesn't come from the east or the south or the west it comes from the Lord the Lord put somebody in a position, so stick with him. Amen. Stick with him. But you, uh, uh, you see, understand that you're gonna have to decide what you can do with your life. But one other way that you determine the will of God is you det- you decide to do it. See, we we approach the will of God from this like this smorgasbord and God's going to give us all these different options and then we'll decide whether we're going to do them or not. God will not obligate himself to those who are not surrendered to his will. But if we are surrendered to the will of God, he's obligated to show us. He is more interested in us and showing us the will of God and we are in finding it. If we were surrender to him. A young man a number of years ago came to me. And he said, I kind of think maybe God's calling me to preach. I don't know. I, I'm just wrestling with it. And I said, uh, Denny, have you surrendered to the will of God? He said, well, I, I, don't, I don't reckon I have. And I said, would you get down on your knees right here with me? And just tell God that you're going to surrender to do the will of God, whatever it is. Would you do that right now? He said, I will. He got down in our dining room. He knelt down and and he said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I surrender to you right now. You know what happened? I said, well, Denny, did anything happen? He said, I know what I'm supposed to do. Because he surrendered, God says, he made it plain to him. Preach the word of God. You see, surrender to the will of God. Indecision. See, all through the Bible, the Bible is a book about decisions. Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? Come over here. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, he said, I set before you life and death, choose life. Elijah said to the people, How long haunt you between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. But Baal be God, serve him. Saddest thing was, the Bible says they answered him not a word. Jesus said, Enter ye into the straight gate. <laughs> For broad is the way that leads to destruction he, he gave people a choice said make a choice decide who you're going to serve huh. old Pilate even got in on that one he said before him Barabbas and Christ when they chose Barabbas what are you going to do with Jesus then you had to make a decision let his blood be on us oh, they didn't know how, how true that was going to be let his blood be on us and on our children. They didn't realise the blindness that was gonna come upon their nation, upon that people that so desperately needed the true and living God. But there's coming a day when they'll look on him whom they pierced and wow, they'll mourn for him as a man mourns for his son. So you can't serve the Lord if you don't make a decision. To say from now on, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And by the way, that's not a one-time choice. It's a daily choice to say today I'm going to serve the Lord. See, Paul said I die daily. (laughs) Jesus said take up your cross daily (laughs) and follow me. It's a daily decision to follow the Lord or not. Choose you this day whom you will serve. So when the pastor offers the invitation, some of you probably need to come down here and say, God, I'll serve you. Yes, I will. I'll forsake all these gods I'm, I'm all tied up with and all that tangled up with. And I'm all bound with. I'll, I'll serve you, God. I surrender my life to you. Would you do that tonight? We're going to turn the invitation over to the pastor. Let's pray. Let us stand together. Father, bless this invitation time. We thank you for your word. Help us to heed that message. Choose you this day whom you will serve. In Jesus' name.